people get the impression that property is easy and it's not sexy. I never quite understand that because, you know, you might not be working on a big M&A deal every day of the week and you might not be, you know, pre-COVID flying around the world trying to do deals. By the way, that's not fun. But I just think it's the variety in the work that we get and the fact that you're always doing something new. It's not filling in forms and doing conveyancing. It's actually trying to create something from nothing a lot of the time because clients keep coming up with weird and wonderful things that they want to do and we have to keep coming up with ways to help them do it. Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Behind the Grain Podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Niharika. And I'm Paige. In today's episode, we will be hearing about real estate from Clayton Utes. The real estate team alone boasts some of the country's foremost experts in all areas of property law. Some of you will be glad to know that this episode confirms that real estate and more broadly property law is not as painful as the law school subject may have led you to believe. Clayton News is also a top tier law firm with a small firm feel. Their people are friendly, supportive and hardworking. So let's jump straight into it and let them introduce themselves. My name's Alison Kennedy. I'm a partner in the real estate team here at Clayton Hutes in Melbourne. I've worked in real estate for the vast majority of my career, except for uh, a few articles rotations. Hi, everyone. My name's Amy Watson. I am a lawyer in the real estate team here at Clayton Hutes. I practiced for a few years in New Zealand before moving over to Australia, and I also have worked in the property or real estate space for the duration of my career so far. So you guys are lifeies in real estate, which is very, very cool. But we'll find out a little bit more about that later. We'll get started with our fun get-to-know-you questions that we do in every episode. The first one is just very easy. If you could have one coffee order for the rest of your life, what would it be? Well, for me, it's very boring. And Christelle here at the Clayton Newt's Cafe would tell you that every morning I go up for my latte with one. And so I don't even have to ask. She just makes it for me. So for me, it would be a latte with one. And for me, I would have a chai latte, probably a sweet one. So I love a chai latte. That's so good. What's a song that you wish maybe more people knew about or an old song that like now people don't really listen to, but it would be great if they did? I'm going to go old school and show my age here, but my favourite song is a song by a band called Southern Sons, and the lead singer is Jack Jones, who is from Gippsland, where I'm from, in country Victoria, and Jack Jones is, I liken him to a young John Farnham, and they had a song called You Were There, which was kind of a love song, it's a bit soppy, but still my favourite. That's great. I'm going to have to listen to it. I love how the band is like SS. I love the alliteration to him, all the names. <laughs> how about you, Amy? Song for me, Matt Colby's Triple Jart Like a Version, one that he did the live version of Brother. Yeah, it's probably not the song that nobody knows, but it's a really good version of it. No, they always are. That's so, so good. And this question was actually one that me came up with, but is my new favourite. Is, is there a word or a saying that you wish would make a comeback? I Googled. I came up with Dr. Seuss, and I think this is quite apt for this podcast. And it's the more you read, the more things you'll know, the more you learn, the more places you'll go. 
And I think that's very fitting of studying versus practicing law because uni is all about reading and, of course, learning. But I don't think you actually start to really learn what it's like to be a lawyer until you start doing it. It's not a little head in a book sort of stuff, which is the exciting part, I think, for students about to start as a lawyer. So I thought that was quite apt. Oh, that's lovely. That's a great quote. And it's a really lovely book as well, if anyone hasn't read it so far. The word I would like to bring back is ticking tour. So it's sort of like a journey, you know, when you're driving out and you take the long way, <laughs> the most direct way, whether it's accidentally or on purpose. I'm not sure of that one, but that must be a New Zealand thing. That is very cool. <laughs> Great. Well, to round off this little section about finding out more about you, we'd love to know about a moment that you are most proud of. That can be career-wise, it can be personal, it can be from a really long time ago, completely up to you. I'm probably most proud of having my daughter. So she's 19 months old, but recently she's just started dancing by herself to the wiggles. So her hands pretty much just <laughs> up in the air, waving by her head like she's shaking her ears. I think they had a wiggles concert a little while ago here in Melbourne and I drove past the centre where they were having it. The amount of children in yellow Emma wiggle clothing, I was so worried for all the parents that might lose their kids because they all look exactly the same. I once wanted to take my daughter daughter to the Wiggles when she was a little bit older than Ellie. So I decided I would take a client and made it a, a business development activity. So my <laughs> client and I went to the Wiggles with our kids, oh, which was fun. No, that's so good. Amy, how about you? What's your proudest moment? Unless it's having a daughter. Uh, personally, it was obviously having my kids. So I've got two, a boy and a girl. But professionally, it would have to be becoming a partner because it's sort of the end of the career journey. And when you stop and think about it, for me, it was you know nearly 20 years at, at uni and it was a bit more. So you kind of stop and think, yeah, that's what I set out to achieve. So it was a nice feeling. Yeah, both extremely good moments to be proud of. Speaking of the work that you do, we'd love to find out a little bit more about the firm that you work at. So if you could both describe Clayton Eats in a few words, what would they be? I would say inclusive and passionate and driven. Those are great ones. How about you, Alison? Do you have any other different ones to add on? Yeah, I started with family because Clayton Newts is my second family. Moving on to pragmatic because I think we don't take ourselves too seriously and like to, to be pretty practical and collaborative because although we're at a big firm, it feels like a small firm. I've worked at both and everybody is just very willing to pitch in and help each other. So I think collaborative fits. Yeah, no, and that's a really great trait to have in a firm. I definitely liked the use of the word family. We've never had that before in all of our podcast episodes. So that's really lovely. But maybe what is a myth about working in the law that you think they need to dispel? For me, I think people think we take ourselves really seriously and we're kind of a bit stuffy. Don't get me wrong, we take our work pretty seriously, but I think you've got to be able to enjoy what you do, have fun on the way and enjoy working with people that you work with. So, yeah, for me, I think it's, you know, we're not too serious. 
well, you don't seem too serious today. Yeah, so for me, it was very similar to Alison. I was just going to say, lawyers, you think that they might be a little bit aloof or not willing to help out, but that's definitely not the case here. I found that everyone's always willing to help everybody out with their matters and takes the time as well to talk to you and run through any questions that you might have when they're providing you with feedback or advice and everything like that. That's so nice to hear. And I think like time is kind of a bit of a scary thing when you're talking about law, seeing as everyone builds like to time and all of that, that you kind of feel like sometimes you can't approach people because you don't want to be, you know, intruding on their valuable time. But if the firm allows you to do that, that's a really beautiful culture that they're creating there. Building kind of on all the little things that you have mentioned, things like how everyone is there to help each other, inclusive, diversity, things that you've mentioned, but maybe what's an accolade that Clayton is most proud of and why? And this might be a bit of a trickier question, but what do you think that the firm is most proud of? For me as a firm, it's got to be the pro bono awards that we regularly receive and get recognition for. We've won the pro bono legal firm of the year for the last two years running, and that's an international award. It's not just an Australian award. Each of our lawyers average over 50 hours of pro bono work every year. And I think we might have tipped over 750,000 pro bono hours since the program started. So it really is something that everybody at the firm is really proud of. Everybody in the firm gets involved with. I think it's something that really sets Clayton Mutes apart in the market. I've seen that award before, but I had no idea that it was an international award. That is a huge achievement. Yeah, it's hard when you say what is the firm most proud of because the firm is made up of a lot of different people and lots of different people will have different views. But I think as a collective, I think we can all point to that one. Yeah, for sure. And now I guess we can get to the good stuff. And Alison, I'm sure you'll have a fantastic overview for this. But can you tell us a general overview of real estate law? Real estate law is basically any sort of work that is associated with a piece of land. So if you ask most people what a property lawyer does, you would come up with most people saying they sell and buy pieces of land and that's totally true. Although in a firm like Clayton Mutes, we're buying and selling big office buildings and industrial properties and retail portfolios. We're not usually buying and selling houses. Sometimes we do. We also do the leasing is generally something that people will associate property lawyers with. So acting for landlords and tenants on transactions like corporate office leases, something like the the office that we're sitting in now. But it's broader than that. It's about working for property developers when they're developing, whether it be new factories or warehouses or residential estates, doing what you would typically associate more with a corporate lawyer, things like joint venture agreements and shareholder agreements. But we do those things because they relate to parcels of land and development of parcels of land. And then if you think about, you know, we do a lot of government work. So we're working on big infrastructure projects, acquiring land to build roads and prisons and hospitals and all of those sorts of infrastructure projects. And then we do work for insolvency practitioners. If a company has become insolvent, a company is always going to own land 
land or have somewhere that it operates from lease land. So, you know, we might act for an administrator in selling a piece of land or a liquidator doing the same thing. So it's pretty varied, the work that we get to do, which is what I really love about it. And because the work is varied, you can surprise yourself what you get involved in. You know, I've done weird and wonderful things like agreements for public art, so artist commissioning agreements. And I've just done that because my clients are property developers and they need artwork for their developments, so I get involved in that. So, yeah, it's the traditional buying and selling and leasing as well as your development, your sort of corporate joint venture and shareholder documents and everything in between. Wow, that was a really good overview. Thank you. Amy, did you have anything you wanted to add about maybe some of the specific work that you do in the area? I think just what Alison said, it's so varied. Any one day, you're not working on just one matter usually. You might work on four or five or six matters. And so it makes the day go really fast and you learn lots about all different types of property related things. That's so exciting. Really, really cool. And I guess leading into my next question of what drew you to this area of law is one aspect maybe the fact that you get to really tangibly see what you work on in the world around you. I know for my dad, my dad is a property developer. He really likes and I really like being able to see the things that he's helped create around the world and in Australia. So I'm sure you guys have that as well. You know, you drive on a road and you're like, oh, I helped with the with the contract that helped create this road. Yeah, I definitely, I think being able to tangibly show people what you work on is a good way to explain what you do because I have to confess my family have no idea what I do for, <laughs> for a job. So sometimes that comes in handy. I'll say one other thing and then I'll let Amy tell you what she likes, but I like the, the client contact. Even as a junior lawyer, in a real estate team because the work we do is, you know, we do mega deals, but we also do a lot of smaller deals as well. That really lets you as a junior lawyer even just get in there, roll your sleeves up, talk to the clients, get instructions, negotiate deals. And it's not the head in the book stuff that sort of I mentioned before. It's the the practical go out and get a deal done and, and talk to people and meet people, which I like. I agree. It's nice working with clients and people on the other side to the clients who want to together achieve a project and yeah, develop something or create something. Usually the party's not. I think that there's a meeting of the minds and they're both working collaboratively to get project done. You get a real sense of achievement out of helping clients actually do deals. And, you know, we certainly have negotiations which can get pretty heated at times. But generally speaking, your clients aren't at each other's throats. They are trying to put something together and do a deal. It's a lot easier to work in that environment. And the clients are really generally very grateful for the work that you do to help them get there. For sure. I'm sure all the projects that these companies and people that you help with are really crucial parts of their business plans. So the fact that you get to be a part of that and help them with it, I'm sure they are beyond grateful. Now, you did mention this a little bit in terms of having lots of client work, even as a junior lawyer, but what's maybe one thing that you wish people knew about real estate law as a practice area? It's another one of our misconception questions where we're all here to debunk myths. But yeah, if you had another thing that you wish people knew about real estate law that students maybe don't realize, just yet. I think Alison sort of touched on it earlier, but I think one of the big sort of myths around real estate law is that it's, you know, residential conveyancing. And so I guess it's definitely a key part of it, but 
it is so much more than that. There are, yeah, as Alison's mentioned, lots of different areas to work in within the real estate industry. I think it's not about all about conveyancing. I agree with Amy. I think that people get the impression that property is easy and it's not sexy. I never quite understand that because, you know, you might not be working on a big M&A deal every day of the week and you might not be, you know, pre-COVID flying around the world trying to do deals. By the way, that's not fun. But I just think it's the variety in the work that we get and the fact that you're always doing something new. It's not filling in forms and doing conveyancing. It's actually trying to create something from nothing a lot of the time because clients keep coming up with weird and wonderful things that they want to do and we have to keep coming up with ways to help them do it. So, yeah, it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but it's really fascinating because you get to work on new things all the time. I can say that I did not find property easy, even as a subject. <laughs> I'm glad to report that practicing in property is nothing like studying property. It's not all about <laughs> priority disputes. And my favorite was the corporeal hereditaments. Although somebody said that to me the other day and I was like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that from law school. It's a lot oh. more practical when you practice. And then I guess there's something that sounds really interesting. And I'm sure, as you said, you do have quite diverse clients and you do work with the government as well. But are there other organizations or legal areas or like businesses that you interact with largely in property law? Yeah, so as well as our clients, we interact with local councils when we're helping our clients um, do their developments. We interact with the State Revenue Office, doing duty assessments for purchases and the Titles Office, Land Use Victoria, when we're trying to complete uh, settlements and otherwise deal with registrations relating to land dealings. We interact with real estate agents when our clients are looking at buying selling land banks borrow money to buy their properties do a lot with the banks and I think other practice areas in the firm as well property is one of the areas where we work with pretty much every other practice group within the firm barring maybe a couple but you know your likes of your corporate team your banking and finance restructuring and insolvency major projects and construction tax the list kind of goes on so yeah you get an insight into what the other teams do and you learn a lot along the way is in relation to you know what you need to be looking out for. Uh, one of that to that is FERB, foreign investment review applications that we get involved with. Yeah, really varied in terms of who you get to deal with on a day-to-day basis. No, that sounds very interesting and so many different people that you interact with, which makes it just more exciting and a lot of different things that you get to do as you've been saying. This question I love, but is there any new sort of exciting developments that are happening in this area of law that you know of or that you might be able to tell people? One of the areas of development that um, interests me is, I guess, sustainability. And there's so many different forces of how that sort of affects real estate or property development, starting from, you know, your residential houses and people are looking to build homes that are more sustainable and use renewable energy because your solar panels, insulation, and then you move on to even office buildings. We've got the green star ratings and then also net zero buildings. So 
from a construction point of view, is the construction industry going to start trying to actually build these buildings in a more sustainable way as well as build them in such a way that the energy used on a daily basis is the, the same as the energy that the building actually creates for itself? And then there's, we've seen overseas, you know, buildings or developments with market gardens on their roofs or the buildings with trees or vines all the way up and down the side of the buildings. I think there's a lot of room to grow in this area for real estate. Also, any garden that is in the city attached to a building just always seems so much nicer. Stands out against all the other concrete everywhere. For me, um, one of the most exciting things is seeing how people are starting to think about repurposing existing properties. So whether it be the retail shopping centres with a decline in retail foot traffic, owners of shopping centres are thinking about repurposing those for entertainment venues or sometimes even office buildings or residential precincts. And then you've got you know land that is being unlocked by the government as part of infrastructure projects that being used for new developments and you know I guess building to rent is one of those sectors that's sort of growing out of all of that and thinking about a new way that people can live in a home so it's moving that mindset from you know you have to own your own home to you know maybe you don't have to own your new home maybe you can rent in you know one of these new developments that have a fantastic lifestyle because you're living close to amenities and you have you know, your concierge in the bottom of your building who'll, you know, do all your dry cleaning and walk your dog for you. So I think it's really exciting that people are thinking differently about how different properties can be used to, you know, increase the lifestyle and better our lifestyle going forward. No, definitely, definitely interesting areas. I think especially property is something that has stuck around for so long. As you can tell by the laws that we have, some of them are really, really old. So it is very cool to see all the new developments that are happening in this space because property has such an impact on the way that we live as humans. So it is really, really cool new developments. Kind of on that tone though, how do students find out about these new developments and the things that are happening in this space? What are some resources maybe that you both rely on to keep up to date on what's going on in the area? I think keeping up with the news and reading like the Australian Financial Review and just finding out about the transactions and what's happening in the real estate market and also attending sort of property industry events. So the UDIA Outlook or Property Council of Australia Future Directions events. I'm a good chance for particularly like students and young people to meet other people who are in the property industry and you can hear their insights about what's going on. I really agree with that. Uh, having, you know, been to a lot of these events, whenever I see a student attend, total kudos for me because you don't actually see too many students going alone and really showing the initiative to learn a bit about the industry. So I think they're two great ways that Amy's mentioned. Obviously, just talk to people. You don't necessarily need to know a property lawyer. There are lots of lawyers around who would be more than willing to share their time and, and tell you about what they do on a day-to-day basis. 
obviously the Clark chips are a great way to, to get a flavour for it, but you know, there are all sorts of opportunities to talk to people at all sorts of different firms about what they do. Uh, and I'm sure you'll get lots of messages because we know we're very grateful that you've given up your time to do exactly that, to talk about the work that you do. So I'm sure you'll have people following up with some messages to find out more. Absolutely. But to kind of round out this little bit, we'd love to get some more information from you both on what are maybe some of the traits that students need to have or should work to develop if they are interested in this area? Is that just something that can be, you know, very broad, like just being passionate in the area? Or are there some more technical skills that you think students should have? I think um, just be, as you said, passionate. I think just be eager to learn and have an open mind because you don't know what form the matter is going to take when you first start working on it. And I think for real estate, one of the things I'm conscious of is just trying to stay organised and just be aware of sort of if you've got a deadline on the matter you're working on, just to be aware of that as well. Well, I think Amy pinched most of my answers there. So <laughs> I was going to say time management is critical in a real estate practice because we have so many matters that we work on at the same time. So time management is really crucial. I call it the willingness to have a go. We are fine with people trying and failing, but I have a real issue if you don't try and have a go. That's really key. And, and I think just to, you know, your interpersonal skills, to be able to have a conversation with a client or your colleague about you know the matter that you're working on and not being afraid to pick up the phone and talk to people I think is a real asset for a, a real estate lawyer. For sure. No, those are great tips and I'm sure things that students that are interested in this area will be turning their mind to. Our final question for you guys, is there any advice that you guys would have for students who want to apply for a clerkship or graduate role specifically at Clayton? I certainly do. And my, my top two tips is be yourself and have fun. I've said before that we don't take ourselves too seriously. And the worst thing that you can do is walk into a clerkship interview and be so, you know, worried about saying the right thing that, you know, you're a bundle of nerves and nothing works. I think come in, treat it as a bit of a chat because that's all we really want to do. Have a bit of a talk to you about your experiences, why you'd like to be here and just take every opportunity that's given to you. So go and have that coffee with somebody if they offer five minutes of their time and, you know, go to the drinks and meet everybody and, yeah, just be yourself. Um, I think that's right. You've got nothing to lose by yeah, coming along and just having a chat. And I think as well, by the time you've got to that stage where you're at the interviews, everyone's seen your CV and they know obviously how qualified you are to be applying for the position. So not to let that worry you so much. And I think on the initial application stage, I think just keeping the getting the basics right, just making sure you sort of tailor all your applications and things to the firms, like everyone's sort of aware that you are applying probably for clerkships at lots of different firms but it's always nice if you get like a letter and I can tell you have thought about the particular firm you have applied for and why you think it will be a good fit for you. No that's all so great such good advice thank you. 
Yeah, no, thank you so, so much. And I might just put in a very big final thank you as well from Paige and I. This episode has been so lovely and it's been so nice to find out more about real estate and property and the work that you do and also about your personalities and the firm that you work at. So thank you so, so much for your time and taking the time to to share all of that advice with us. We're very, very grateful. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to this episode. We have really enjoyed bringing you this season in preparation for your clerkship applications. And to keep up with the remaining firms in this season, make sure you subscribe to Behind the Grind podcast wherever you listen to podcasts with new episodes being released on Mondays and Wednesdays. And be sure to follow Behind the Grind pod on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. All of these links are in your show notes. That's all from us and keep an ear out for our new episodes next week.